For real. Oh, really? That's how you feel. And the guys be like, asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them How was your day? Glad you're with us. Another episode of the Misinterpreted Podcast. Tell your Lundquist. With, of course, the one and only Ryan Eldridge. Ryan, how are we feeling today? You know, not too bad. We are in a great month of sports. We're talking about March Madness coming up very soon. We're talking about going into the playoffs of the NBA and the NHL. We got XFL going on right now, as well as John Jones's return. A big month for UFC as well, so plenty of action in this month. Yeah, I mean, this is pretty much the best time to be a sports fan. Even if you're a casual fan of most of the sports, you got so much going on. Personally, I'm partial to college basketball. We all know it. I mean, first the first round of college basketball, I'll tell you, is the best time to make parlays. It's electric. Eighteen parlays in the first round of college basketball. You put every one and two seed where a money line is available, and then you pick like a couple, you know, five, six, seven seeds who you think are going to win. Just go all straight money line because you never know what to expect in March. You go straight money line, and and that's that's an easy like plus five hundred play. Right, and on the other side of that, we I showed you that stat where last year, if you bet on the underdog in every single game, you bet $100 on the underdog for every single game, you would have made $1,300 over the entire March Madness tournament. And you take out the 16 seeds, you take out some of the 15 seeds, you're looking at a pretty decent return there. I think, yeah, I, th- I think if you if you take the underdog money line on every team... Like nine through fourteen, I think you've got some good return there. I think I think that's the way to do it. I don't know if you take underdogs past a fourteen seed. Fifteen, sixteen is a little dangerous. It's been done before, of course, but that's the most unlikely. So I think if you take money line on every game nine through fourteen, that's the move. Listen, I, I was very disappointed in this NFL playoffs when it was one versus one, the Eagles versus the Chiefs, and I was proven wrong with how good that Super Bowl was. Damn right you but, were. But March Madness is great because upsets will happen, and you don't know where they will come from. It might be a two seed, might be a three seed. These are teams that you might expect in the finals, and they're, they're out in the round of 64. So looking forward to it all. Personally, I don't watch college basketball as much as you, so I'm going to lean towards you for my betting picks, of course, as you bet, lean on me. Are you just gonna blind? Picks? Are you gonna blindly take my? Oh yeah! Take oh yeah! My picks? Oh yeah! I love it. And then and then whichever mascot I like more. And, you, and, and is, that, is that your is that your method when you're when you're putting brackets together? Do you I, use that? I, I like the mascot. Or and I'll say this: I really like Kansas this year, and it's because of one person, Grady Dick. What a guy! I mean, how can you not like him? Yeah. I mean, the guys, guy strokes it. Guy's electric for in, in one way or another. You know, yeah. he does. Yeah. He just he just flat out does. I think the most susceptible high seed as high as I've been on them for this whole year I think the most susceptible high seed is going to be UConn I think they're they're in a very dangerous spot I think they're very gettable I think Tennessee is very gettable uh, especially with their point guard tearing his ACL they're going to be without him that's going to be tough and then I, I, I mean Gonzaga has never really been able to get it done I I personally think they have an early exit this year. I th- I think they're out probably third round. I just don't see them really. I I just think someone's going to get them because Gonzaga is typically you know Mark Few has them running this this beautiful you know 
really solid offense, no mistakes. They stay together. But there's going to be another team like that. It seems and, like Gonzaga this year doesn't have a really top-tier guy going into lottery. We talked right, about right. Chet Holmgren in the past, uh, Jalen Suggs. Uh, years before, they had Sabonis. They had even Kipsert, if we want to put him in that conversation. This year, to, outside of Timmy, who might not even be in that lottery conversation, it, it, we're not talking about one superstar player on that team. They have they have Strother, who's going to be a first-round pick most likely, but he's not a stud. Like right. He's not a guy you can go to and be like, hey, get us a bucket. It's right. very hard to compare anyone to that Chet Holmgren, Jalen Suggs. Absolutely. Two Absolutely. picks in the top five. Still couldn't get the job done. I, th- I think the biggest thing with playing a team that plays like that is every team, just about every team that comes out of a mid-major with an automatic bid, is the biggest thing about them is they do not turn the ball over. And Gonzaga, the best the best thing about them is probably their defense. Obviously, they convert on the offensive end, and that's going to take care of itself. But if they can't get stops or they can't turn a team over, they're going to be in trouble. And I think some mid-major is going to come out of there and give them a lot of trouble uh, just because they play sound basketball and they don't turn the ball over. So I'm I'm excited to see, see what happens down the stretch for Gonzaga. I think they're an early exit. Um, outside of that, I'd say my favorite to win it all, I... <laughs> Have to go with Alabama. As much controversy as they have had over the last month or oh, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think Alabama's the best team in the country. I really do. And it's so unfair that now they're good at basketball. They're always going to be a football powerhouse as long as Saban is there. Like, we talked about them falling off this year. Listen, they were still 11-2. and two. Like, they were, yeah, right, they were a right. top-five team in the country. Right. Now they're a top-five team in the country in basketball as well. Just so unfair. Great uh, softball team, too. Alabama softball. Right Been great in recent years. Right yeah, Alabama's got it going on. And speaking of UConn. A lot of money to throw around in Tuscaloosa. Right on. Uh, speaking of Kansas and UConn, yesterday we had the beautiful opportunity of being able to watch and commentate the state championship, the 3A and 4A state championship games uh, in the state of Washington. And we're talking about uh, Jalen Stewart, who was a commit to UConn. We're talking about Zoom Diallo, great name by the oh, way, who yeah. has Kansas in his final six, and I think that is a he 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 might be a good bet to go there. I personally would put him in Arizona. I think for, he goes well, Arizona. Is there any basis for that, or because in, in his top six, right? We got UW in there. You can cross that out. Yes, there are a couple. That's a, that's a cop out for the hometown yeah. guy. Yeah, and then there were a couple more teams. I think we crossed out for. Uh, we crossed out Florida State because yeah. I mean, it's, just, it, it's tough yeah. to go cross country, right? And, and that's about as far as you can get from Seattle to to Tallahassee. Right. And you just don't make that change. Right. Uh, what were the other ones? It was Kansas, Kansas, uh, Arizona. Florida State, Arizona, UW, USC. USC was a good show. I, I just I just see him staying in the Pac-12. Sure, yeah. I, I see it almost as a slight to UW. Like, hey, I can go win at a better program and still beat you twice in a year. Yeah. You you talked about this, but is there any player that doesn't have his hometown team in his final whatever six? I haven't seen it. Thing? No, yeah. I haven't seen it. It just seems like he's throwing that out there to make yeah. the fans happy. Totally before his senior year. Totally. And, yeah. and one thing I, I noticed in in kind of watching the games yesterday is. There is such a big difference between these top recruits and the average player. But at the same time, and I don't know how quite to describe this, but there's also very little difference between the top players and a really well-run team. So we talk about 
Zoom Diallo. He was a player of the game yesterday in the Curtis uh, state championship game win. But he only had he only had 23 points. But there were 23 tough buckets. And a player like that, when you when you look at him play against future car salesmen to future <laughs> pastors, you would expect him to drop 30 with ease. And it's like these six foot two white kids from Olympia are giving him trouble. It's it's it, it's it's a beautiful sport. Is, it is. is it say. is. And and I think what what you and I touched on yesterday when we were watching those games is the defensive intensity is at a completely different level. I mean, you like we, we we've been watching the lowest level one A basketball all season long right. at the high school level, and you just don't see. Obviously, you 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 can't match the the length and the athleticism that you get at the 3A, 4A level. But you can you can match intensity on the defensive end. Right. That's a choice, right. not a skill. That's a choice. And it's just, that comes down to coaching, I think. And, a, and, a, and a, you, it's impressive to see these teams who are so talented offensively. The number nine recruit, the number nine kid in the junior class, Zoom Diallo, as you mentioned, is playing his butt off on the defensive end of the ball every single possession. He's locking up their best shooter, their best scorer, and and not complaining whatsoever. It's that defensive intensity, that choice that they make. It's just a tough bucket in every league at the high end, like at the state tournament of every high-level basketball game. And I think I think if we go back to the conversation of March Madness, those are the teams that win games that can bring defensive intensity every single possession. Yeah, and like you said, I, I've never you talk about the defensive intensity. I've never seen so many people go down on the floor for balls, trying to yeah. take as many charges against six five guys trying to poster them as much as I saw in these two games, the three A championship game and the four A championship game. And it's just amazing to see and and. It, you see how much the state championship means to these small hometowns that they don't have a pro sport in, within a hundred mile radius of right. them. So that's all they have. Right. I think that's a really good point. Is you know these kids who who may not come hometown for for college ball, but they don't really have anything to look forward to in the NBA either. If they if they can make it there. Right. It's like what? What do you look for? I mean, the chances and are so low, right? You, it, you see the numbers. It's just impressive to have that sort of drive with with no, like with with such a low ceiling. Obviously, they can make it somewhere, but you don't have a home team to root for. You don't have an easy game to go watch. You could go down to Portland, but it's, it's just not the same. You know, you call yourself a Seattle kid, and, and you don't get to go watch the Sonics anymore. Right. It's tough. It's tough. Right. But what I do want to talk about. And I know this is a conversation near and dear to your heart. Is these super top-rated recruits in high school go to college? They're one and done. Play pretty well at the college level. And if we go back four or five years, you look at a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, top oh, yeah. prospect out of high school, oh, yeah. one and done at Kentucky, and then get him to the NBA. And he has a couple good years. He's, he goes to a a tough city to play basketball of Minnesota. But how many of these guys in the last four or five years are actually getting it done? Where is this new new era of, of all-stars? Right? That's my question. Right. right. So, so I have the stat in front of me right now. This was done in 2016. October 18, 2016 was when this was posted. There's a poll of all the NBA GMs, and 48.3% of them 
said that they would choose Carl Anthony Towns to start a franchise with. That's is that three. is that the year he got drafted? I think that's a year year or two after. Year two. Wow. I think, I think wow. it's a year after. Um, that's compared to twenty point seven percent for Kevin Durant, one of the best. <laughs> Whoa, ice, hold on, wait one, a second. One, one of the best scores of all time. Wait a the, second. GMs are taking Cat over KD. Two to- so, K- so Carl Anthony Towns is more than double Kevin Durant, who you could argue is the best ISO scorer of all time, has the most versatile skill set in scoring of all time. And then 17.2% for Cavaliers' LeBron James, who, numbers-wise, is the best scorer of all time. Oh, my gosh. That's absurd. Yeah. And, and, and this is a question I want to ask you because we talk about a player like Carl Anthony Towns who puts up great numbers. He's a perennial all-star. We talk about players like um, – here comes Deke with the Girl Scout cookies. What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie as I try and – You know, I am so partial to – what are they, Samoas? Samosas? Samosas. Samosas. Samosas are good. They're so good. Those little coconuts, shavings with a little chocolate drizzle. Unbelievable. Nothing beats a Thin Mint, let me tell you. Have you have you had a Thin Mint shake? Just vanilla ice cream Thin Mints? And just put them in a blender? Ooh, so good. That's what, but, but back on topic, we talk about Carl Anthony Towns. He's a perennial all-star. Very good player. Puts up the stats. We talk about players like, a little bit later, Brandon Ingram. We talk about players like Lonzo Ball, like D'Angelo Russell, who on the score sheet are able to get things done, but aren't able to find postseason success. And I'm, I'm curious what you think. Why why aren't they able to, or why why are they able to have success on a night night in night out basis, but over the course of the season just aren't able to create that legacy that those type of players in the past and those type of score lines in the past previously would be able to get the job done. I think the answer to your question is market size. Carl Anthony Towns goes to Minnesota. What are you going to get in Minnesota? How many free agents are you going to be able to sign in Minnesota? Not too many. Well, I think I think it's a different case for him, though, right? Because he's had two big threes uh, to this point. He had a big three with him and D'Angelo Russell and one other guy. That- How is that a big three? How is that a big that three? That wasn't Rudy Gobert. Well, right now, right now is D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert. Those are those are three. Those are three all-stars right there. And then in the past, it was him and Jimmy Butler and one other guy. I remember it was a big three. <laughs> okay. That, that, the third might have been Patrick Beverly, so it might have been a bit of a stretch. <laughs> okay. but, but also now you could talk about a big big four with uh, Anthony Edwards is right now. Hey, so. Yeah, you give him that. And then we talk about the situation in New Orleans as well. You got Brandon Ingram. You got Zion Williamson, who granted isn't playing that much. You had Josh Hart for a while, who was also you know putting it on. They weren't able to find that postseason success, and you see other players like Luka Doncic who are able to get the job job done by themselves up to this point. So I, I'm just curious what the difference is between the play style of a player like Doncic and a player like uh, Jason T- or a player like Doncic and Tatum because Tatum is in that winning category now, compared to a guy like a Brandon Ingram, like a Zach Levine, even as a form. He's getting older now, but. I still like to think he's young and like a Carl Anthony Towns. What well, what is the difference in their play style that allows them to to win more games? I guess I don't think it's play style. Tell an, answer me this: Where does Jason Tatum play? Boston. In, Boston. Where does Zach Levine play? Chicago. Two of the biggest cities in the whole U.S. Easy to bring in free agents. 
Easy to. If we if you want to continue on Carl Anthony Towns going to Minnesota, obviously it, it's. I, I think the conversation that you brought up of of general managers, owners saying that they want to build around Carl Anthony Towns. He's a talent that you want to build around, and he's in a city where you don't. I think that's a huge aspect that that goes unnoticed a little bit. Obviously, you know, Giannis makes it happen in Milwaukee. Somehow they just, you know, they had the right coach, they had the right pieces, Giannis turns into a superstar, right? That that can happen. Happened with LeBron in Cleveland. Who else wants to go to Cleveland if not to play with LeBron? Same thing with Giannis right now. But to the Carl Anthony Towns conversation, I don't think you can slight him one bit. He was a breakout star. And then it's this it's this close to the same conversation as Simone Biles sitting out in the Olympics is mental health. Because Carl Anthony Towns lost his mom to COVID. There there that's just not something that you get over. It's just not. As much as you would like to think he can put it behind him, you know, play for his mom, play for his team, it's it's just not the same. And you're not the same person, you're not the same player, your mind isn't as involved. That's, I think, the biggest difference. You're going to get guys like Jason Tatum who, you know, he's all bought in, mentored by Kobe. He has that mentality. He's going to work day in, day out. Zach Levine, same sort of thing. Underrated for a Zach very, Levine very also long time. Able to win, for the record. Right, but, with, you, with, with, but he's able to lead a franchise. Him, like he's Martin able Marshall. to lead a franchise. Sure. Okay, he can still get to the playoffs well, well, and make a run. Yeah. I would say he leads a franchise to a similar extent as Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. We haven't seen him get past the second round. That's true. That's true. I'm just saying that sort of mentality isn't everyone's. And, and things happen after draft day that you cannot control. And, and that's my backup for Carl Anthony Towns is that he's had to deal with so much stuff post-draft day Post breakout season in his soft rookie sophomore year, he's had to deal with so much that has taken him away from the glory of basketball and the love of basketball. You have to have that day in day out to make it in this league, and not everyone does. I don't think that comes down to play style. Everyone who gets drafted in the lottery is, is talented enough to be a star. Bottom line: Brandon Ingram, another guy, goes to Los Angeles. Goes to New Orleans. New Orleans, not as big of a market as Los Angeles. He's dealing with stuff, too. Look at Kyrie. He's bounced around because of those issues. Right, right. I mean, that you can't knock them. You can't say it's anything against their play style. It's just something that's happening off the court that you can't control. That's my only right. thing. I guess in response to that, we can talk about one of the biggest markets in all sports, the Los Angeles Lakers. And the question is, they... They won one championship in 2020, where I'm going to call that half a championship game. Yeah, half, half a okay. championship, because that was the Mickey Mouse tournament. But <laughs> yeah. we talk about, outside of that one year, the Lakers have been pretty irrelevant, despite having the draft picks, this, despite getting the players in free agency. We talk about this past year with a, a very good big three of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. Why... Why is it just because you're a big market team and that you're able to get these star players? Can you not get it, get your stuff together? I. It's tough. 
And, and we talked about tough. we I talked mean, about it's... even those like early 2013 years where Kobe was a little bit hurt. They bring in like you said, D'Angelo Russell, Lonzo Ball. Those couple years in the middle of the 2010s, they they had a bright future ahead of them, and they they had to completely tear it down for half half a good season. Yeah. Obviously, there are certain cases. I just it, it, it's just it's just for me. It's it's very interesting how. There's very out of, out of all the sports, basketball has the least correlation between stats and winning championship game, winning championships. Yeah, and and exhibit A for that is Russell Westbrook, who constantly has who constantly fills the stat lines. We talk about averaging a triple double two seasons in a row, but he's bounced around from team to team now. I think he's on his fourth team now in the last four years, five six years. Maybe, four years. It might be four years. Yeah, yeah. and it's. What is it? Thunder, Rockets, Lakers, and 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 Wizards and Clippers. Yeah. Five teams. Five teams Woo-hoo. within the last five years. It's jeez. It's and that, awful. that's that's something where I need to look more into the tape and figure out. And, and, and they win games too. The, the the stat is is that Russell Westbrook teams are more likely they they win like seventy seven percent of the games when he gets a triple double, right? Mm-hmm. And so in a year when he's averaging a triple double, you would think they win a lot of games, but they still aren't able to make that deep postseason run that teams like the Warriors. Like the Cavaliers with LeBron James, like the Bucks now are able to do year in and year out. Even when they, you look at their stat lines, they aren't as great. You look at the the players on their team, they're not as well rounded. They don't have that deep of a bench as these sort of teams, but still able to get the job done. And it might be a culture thing, it might be a coaching thing, but that's just something that's always interested me about the NBA, even as my interest in it starts to fade. I think the more you get into the big market question the more it relies on payroll. Obviously there there's a there's a set number, but if if you have guys who are getting I don't know, thirty, forty million dollars a year, how deep can you be? Right? Big market team, people people might want to go there just to win, be you you know, get more celebrity, and they could take a pay cut potentially. I think that's that's what you see at, 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 in big markets is people just want to play there, get their name out there, be on a winning team. And at the end of the day, the big markets won earlier because they had more money when there wasn't a restriction. So it's just legacy that carries over. Obviously, they're going to be one-offs. Milwaukee, right? Go and win a championship. Get a great guy. But Giannis is also not out all the time. Not that type of guy who says, give me more money all the time. Russell Westbrook is a guy who does that. I just had my first milkshake. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> Guy's unbelievable. Guy's he's, unbelievable. He's awesome. he, he is such a likable guy, and I would say I, for for one reason or another, didn't want to see him succeed. And then at a certain point, I was like, this guy's so like he he's the easiest guy to root for. I have to stop hating on him. I'll still hate on the guys like Zion Williamson. Carl Anthony Towns, despite his situation. Because his they were supposed to be that dude and didn't end yeah. up being well, it. Well, Giannis wasn't supposed to be that dude. He was exactly. a scrawny guy from, you know, the middle of Greece. No one, no one's ever heard of this guy, but massive potential, and he put in the work. We see his transformation of his, his work in the weight room from draft day to now. Absolutely different guy. Easiest way to become a villain is by winning. Yeah, and, and I do want to piggyback off of what you said about the salary cap situation is, you know, kind of looking at the NFL, I, I, I believe the stat is within the last decade and a half, 
before the Super Bowl, no team has won the Super Bowl with a quarterback with a salary cap hit of over $20 million. And most of them were on their rookie contracts before they got their first real contract in the NFL. So that just shows how hard it is to create a team, a Create a team that is that is successful for long periods of time because, like you said, you pay one guy thirty, forty million, you aren't able to get the guys around them. For real, oh really? That's how you feel. And the guys be like asking all them questions, asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements.